I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-hosts, Pat Ralph and Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's, along with key stats for bring honest and critical analysis. We're talking playoffs, we're talking finals, we're talking semifinals, we're recapping, specifically in this episode, we're recapping the 2018 semifinals. Um... Ridiculous fashion it all happened. Uh, Rachel, your immediate reaction from the Washington-Atlanta series as a whole and kind of more focused on Game 5. I mean, I just think, I just keep thinking to myself, really, for the last like week and a half, whatever it's been, how like lucky we are. And I know this is really cheesy and really corny, but how lucky we are to have um, like gotten a chance to witness not just dream um I can't even tell them, and mystics uh but you know all, the all four teams in fact that they both went to to five games is just I just I just feel so fortunate to be to be able to like what watch this stuff and again I know I sound cheesy but you guys I mean all these every single game we had 10 games and they all were like like heart, heart my, my heart was beating. They were, I mean, it was, it was intense. I, I'm, I'm still trying to, as you can tell, wrap my words around just kind of how, how exciting it all was. So honestly, I mean, just going to game five and, and, and last night between Atlanta and Washington, I, I, you really have to tip your hat to Atlanta um, and the job that Nikki Collin has done. I mean, I think I speak for probably every single one of us involved that, that they're a tremendous team and the way they, um, came together just through the course of this year. They were one of the most consistent teams. Um, they were, um, you know, a great defensive team. Just the things that they did, the way they came together, the way they played. I mean, they they were so enjoyable to watch. And and I know Coach uh, Nikki Collin, you know, got emotional in the in the press conference afterwards, and and rightfully so. I mean, I think everyone on that team from top to bottom really poured their heart and soul to that team. And anyone who watched them. Um, had an opportunity to watch him, could tell just kind of how invested everybody was into that team. And it showed in the, in, the, in the success that they had. I mean, and honestly, you know, you have a couple plays here, there, and that's, that's a different outcome. Um, it just, but I, let, let's talk about Washington and just like the resiliency that, that they showed um, through the course of that series. And especially, you know, with, with Deladon going down and, and kind of missing her, um, it was you know, I think it was game two, you know, she, she misses the final few minutes and misses game three. I mean, and I mean, that could, that could have been a critical blow. Um, and so they were resilient. They were tough. Um, I was a little bit surprised by it, you know, honestly. And it, but then at the same time you had Atlanta who was resilient and tough as well. Um, especially by, by losing, you know, their all-star in Angel McCautry, uh, just a few games prior to the playoffs. So, I mean, just, I think Washington, you know, they, they were able to hold on. They were able to edge through. Um, they've, they came back and I mean, that game was in, intense and being, you know, a five point game, which was um, just right down to the wire. But um, it, it didn't even take Deladon necessarily going off in game five. Um, she, you know, she's still probably coming back a little bit, but just across the board, the, you know, the players that stepped up. I mean, let's talk about Ariel Atkins. What, how do you guys think? What do you guys think about her? I, I, I tweeted this out and I got a little bit of flack for it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in real life and then I'm gonna defend myself real quick. Ariel Atkins is the best draft pick of the 2018 draft, and now everyone is immediately gonna respond and say, "Oh, what about Asia Wilson?" Hear me out on this. 
Asia Wilson's an amazing pick, and obviously she had the best season as a rookie. But keep this in mind. Ariel Atkins was not projected to be a top 10 draft pick. She was not projected to be a first-round draft pick. Coach T took a risk on her, which to me makes it that much more ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's a great game when a, when a great team beats a bad team. When that bad team comes through and beats that great team, it's a gr- it's, it's just a better game in my mind. Uh, is that a cuckoo bird going off that? <laughs> no, that is not a cuckoo bird for once. You know what I mean? Look at that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, it was actually, no, not at all. But I think you make a really good point. Like, cause you look at from the surface and you say, okay, Asia Wilson was obviously the best player to come out of this draft. And she was the outright number one. But I think to say that Ariel Atkins, I think was the best fine. I think you make a good point. I see where you're coming from because I mean, I think it's fair to say that like, obviously Asia Wilson ran away with rookie of the year and she is, they haven't given it out yet. But I think the fact that if you were to say right now, who would finish number two in voting? I think Ariel Atkins is probably going to finish number two. She's been the second best rookie in the league this year. And we saw that in game five finishes with 20 points, six of 14 shooting um, does a great job of getting to the free throw line, like really able to draw contact, which is really great. And um, she's just been really impressive. The fact that she's stepped up and become a full-time starter now as a rookie has been really impressive. I want to throw something out there real quick. Uh, Last year, Alicia Gray wins rookie of the year. Brittany Sykes mm-hmm. takes number two. I right. I think it's not a crazy argument to say Brittany Sykes uh, had to be or was the better out of the two of them this season. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make a bold claim and say we're going to have a repeat of that next year, and we're going to have Ariel Atkins have a better year than Asia Wilson next year. Just saying. Um, but let, let's get back to wow. let's yeah I know that's a hot it's take. a hot take and people are gonna be pissed but you know if you come <laughs> if you come at South Carolina people pay attention so uh, absolutely there only you go. a hot take or whatever um, but let's move <laughs> let's move back to Washington Atlanta there's two things that I want to bring up on the Atlanta side um, and I kind of want your guys' takes on this first was lack of playoff experience by the this team and th- what I'm about to say is not a knock necessarily against Washington. But in my mind, it was much more so that Atlanta played uncharacteristic of them this season. Uh, their defense was not there at all this series. They they showed up in Game 5, but I think they were very reactionary, if that's a word, um, to what D.C. was doing as opposed to throughout the season. They set the tone with their defense. And then something that I know you want to get into, Rachel, um, and this is kind of my leeway to it, is Renee Montgomery, who – was that player, and I said this as Pat and I predicted this game out, I said if this team's going to gonna play well in the playoffs depth-wise, they need someone like Renee Montgomery to show up big because that's kind of their only player who has that, that playoff experience. There was some, I mean, she was doing it too, but then there were some calls that, that uh, eventually fouled her out of the game. And I'm curious, um, we talked about this before with Brittany Griner about a stupid foul in overtime. Rachel and then Pat... Do you believe that the calls against Renee Montgomery were more so stupid calls, stupid plays by her where she just shouldn't have done it, a selfish play as you put it, I believe, Rachel? Or do you believe that they were, uh, you know, bad calls? Which one are you talking about specifically? I mean, honestly, like, you're t- well, she had six fouls, and the last one, and the last two, honestly, seemed questionable to me, and they were a toss-up 
personally about whether or not it was a selfish play or a bad play. Well, I just think for me, so just as a whole, I think the officiating in the fourth quarter really struggled. Um, and I, I think you kind of had some questionable calls just across the board. I mean, heck, at one point we heard the entire arena. What were they saying? Like, refs, you suck or, you know, whatever. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, amazing. Yes. Yeah, so not not to it, was, uh, it was intense. I mean, across the board, just, you know, Nikki Collin was over there just kind of wigging out and, and just really some, some stuff that happened down the stretch. And I don't even, I honest to God, I can't even really pinpoint exactly what had happened. Um, it's amazing how short my memory is, especially when there's a game right after it and Sue Bird does what she does. But it, it honest to God, I, I do. I just feel like that fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like the ref, the refs kind of sucked the life out of Atlanta. Um, was it the difference yeah. in, you know, winning or losing? No, I don't think it came down to officiating. Um, but there were definitely some questionable calls. Um, some things just, just right, right down that. And I know, and I know, you know, even in the post game press conference, you know, Nikki Collin was, you know, visibly upset about kind of that and really didn't want to speak on it a whole lot, but it did just to kind of go back to just what, what we were originally talking about with Atlanta, you know, on the, from the defensive end of the floor, that's very un- uncharacteristic of them, you know, and to give up 86 points and um, you know, the rebounding numbers, you know, they were all right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that, that's a team that's hung their hat on, on the defensive end of the floor and, and made such an impact on that. And they just, you know, they didn't get it done. They couldn't get enough, get enough stops. Um, it definitely hurts with Montgomery, you know, go fouling out. Um, but you know, you do kind of have two teams here, like you said, that are inexperienced really across the board in this situation. Um, so it was going to come down to just who was the more poised team. Um, and that's kind of the. Uh, I guess theme of this entire semifinals as we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more, but um, I don't know that there was anything that was like, you know, like, like selfish. Like I, I call some foul selfish. I don't remember thinking that or feeling that way. I just felt like the officiating was a little off balance in that fourth quarter. And Pat, when, when, I, yeah. when you break into this, I want you to tell me if you think uh, not just that fourth quarter, but the whole series. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this. Atlanta seemed completely, they, they didn't see themselves this year. I mean, defensively, especially that game four, was probably their worst defensive form, performance the whole season, series and uh, of the whole season. And I always felt that like when Elena Deldon was on the floor for the Mystics, and I say it again, they were the better team, I felt. I felt she was like – you just saw it. They were the better team. Obviously, the series proved that out with the win last night. But they just – Atlanta seemed a little bit off. And I think that obviously not having an Angel McCautry really hurts them because – you miss that score. You lose that score who they can go to in the clutch. And then you talked about with the officiating. I mean, I'm always skeptical of, you know, you hate to see um, officiating, you know, it, you know, comes down the wire and there's calls like that that can impact the game and stuff like that. I agree with Rachel. I don't think the outcome was dictated by the calls, but you always are, you know, you're always skeptical of that. You want at the end of a game, at the end of a series, a clinching game, a, a, you know, a final game of the series, you want it to be let them play and stuff. But at the same time, I think there is some – you have to be careful if you're Renee Montgomery. You have to keep in mind that, you know, you have – you know, she is a great defensive player, but you also got to be smart. And you also have to keep in mind that you can't play yourself off the floor like yeah, like we talked about last week with Brittany Griner early in that series with Seattle. So I think just Atlanta seemed defensively. I think they were inconsistent. I don't think they were – you know, I felt like, the, you know, the series was always at Washington. I felt it was always controlling the pace of the game and stuff. It felt like the game was always – a little bit faster than Atlanta wanted it to be. 
And as I said, I felt that when Elena Deladon was on the floor, Washington was clear cut the better team. And I think that's what proved out yesterday is that, you know, even though she might not be 100%, even though she might not have a great game, just her having her there just gives her teammates other opportunities because teams are having to, are forced, no matter, that's how good Deladon is, is that they're going to have to double team her. How's, how, no matter how good or bad she is, you can't just, you know, you know, guard her one on one and expect to beat her. So it gives her, you know, got Christy Tolliver, Ariel Atkins, you know, other you know players of the team opportunities, Tiana Hawkins, who can go off and stuff. So, you know, Atlanta just seems not like the regular season team they were uh, in this series defensively. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to make a claim. And I'm curious. I have a feeling both of you would agree with me that Deldon doesn't get injured. Atlanta doesn't win a game this series. I would agree. Rachel. Really? I do. I think if Delanod doesn't get hurt, I feel as if they would have won game two. Um, I think they still, I think they still drop game three. Um, Best case for Washington, it goes to four, um, but it still very possibly could have gone to five. That's just my, my gut feeling. All right, I respect that. I mean, the the way I look at it is when Deladon went down, it kind of it shook the boat. Um, DC, it's it. How I don't know. I don't even know how to word this, but I guess Rachel, uh, we're not talking about looking forward too much. This this is just you know this episode is just about uh, the semis. But talk to me, uh, moving just a brief look forward. Um, do you think Del? What what percentage would you say? that EDD can get to by finals time? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would, I would imagine that, you know, especially with, with a couple days here, I mean, again, each day is just pure gold, (laughs) especially to these women and how condensed the schedule is. And so, um, you know, it definitely is not going to be easy traveling from, from coast to coast, um, you know, in, under those circumstances, but you know what, I I think that the couple days are going to help her, um, so, you know, whether she was, I don't know, say, say she was at 60%, you know, the last game, uh, you know, she'll, she'll probably be at 75, you know, for the next one. So um, she'll be ready to go. I mean, I know they're working around the clock to get her feeling it is, is, you know, as well as she can. And especially when you're in the finals, <laughs> you know, and being a competitor, it's, it's got to be probably one of the last things on her mind, I would think as well. Yeah, uh, just just looking at the stats real quick, and and Pat, I want your take on this. Um, Tiffany Hayes, thirteen points. I believe the stat that we talked about before the game, when the Dream won, she was right around the twenty point mark. When the Dream lost, she was right around the twelve point mark. How important moving forward is it for Tiffany Hayes? I mean, I don't want to like put a lot of blame on her. Obviously, she was yeah. kind of engine that could for this team but how important is it for her to get that composure for the playoffs for the dream looking forward well yeah i mean i think that a lot of pressure was on her shoulders when you lose an angel mccautry who is that experienced go-to scorer in the clutch who can just you know she's like a deladon where just give her the ball she can take over a game and she's been there because she's played in so many finals before and and knows what it's like to play deep in the playoffs this is the first time really that tiffany hayes has had you know, where it's been on her shoulders like this. And it's a lot there when you have that. And it was a learning experience for her where that, you know, when they're not able to, as I said, they were not dictating the, the tempo and pace of this series. It was Washington and stuff. And with, you know, it was, I think there was a lot of, as you say, you don't want to blame her. No, that's not fair to her. No. But I think that 
there was a lot of a lot fell on her shoulders because she is the best player on their team, the best scorer, you know, on that team when that when you have when without McCautry there. And I think there was a lot on her. I think what it is is you get you you there's you know there's a you know you get worn out, but there's also you know Washington their guard play was really good. I mean there was very few times you series you could say well the Washington guards were. You know, I mean, if you were to look at overall in the series, I think the Washington guards were better than Atlanta's guards. And you have, and Washington's guards are really, they're not the type of guards that are just like, okay, like we're, 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 we're finesse. They don't, they're physical tough guards. I mean, Chrissy Tolliver's a bulldog. I mean, Ariel Atkins is tough. You have, you know, Tierra Ruffin Pratt off the bench. I mean, you have some really physical players who can just, you know, who are going to, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be nice out there defensively. So, I think a lot of that combined the defensive matchups combined with the fact that a lot was left on her shoulders in this series. I mean, combined for that, and I think this is a learning experience because she's going to take a step forward next year. And you know her; she's motivated. She knows this, and she knows that like they fell short, and you know, not being able to make it to the finals. She's got that in the back of her mind, and and they're going to step up and I think respond next year, and they'll be back, and they're going to be better, and she will take a step forward next year in her development. I don't even think that's a hot take. Let's move on to one of the uh, – the way I sum up this game is it's only fitting that Sue Bird Tarassi's Diana Tarassi. <laughs> I, I, I don't even uh, – Yeah. what do you even say to – Rachel, talk to me. Oh, I mean, are, have, you, have you recovered? <laughs> no. I mean, that was just incredible. I mean – I was talking about it actually um, with a couple other coaches today and we were both just, I was like, man, did you see what Sue Bird did last night? And everybody was getting goosebumps, like chills up and down their arms, just, just thinking about it, just talking about it. And so it's definitely been, you know, obviously a big, it was trending on Twitter and you've got, you know, people talking about it. I mean, just what Seattle did and just the series in general. Um, you know, and there's a, a lot of ways that we can just dissect the greatness of just this series within itself. The legends on the floor. You've got Diana Tarazi going against Sue Bird. I mean, that is just it's pure gold. I mean, it's literally pure gold. And so, I mean, um, Phoenix was right there. I mean, talk, talk about just the competitiveness of this series and, and coming back, um, you know, for Phoenix to be down, you know, 2-0 and have a chance to come back and push it to a game five. I mean, I think that shows an incredible amount of toughness themselves. And, and you know, it, it was the end of that third quarter and they, they were right in it. I mean, that game was back and forth. There was what six, six lead changes just in the fourth quarter alone. Um, and just, just some breakdowns from really wasn't even necessarily breakdowns from a Phoenix standpoint. It was Sue Bird doing what Sue Bird was doing and they were making shots and she completely goes off and they've got the momentum and you had a couple break, couple breakdowns from Phoenix in terms of just you know, going under some screens and you can't go under screens against Sue Bird and um, the shots they did miss, you know, that they were, they were securing them and getting it back. And so th- those were the, the things were just going their way. And then you have Sue Bird really completely just taking over and com- Rachel, Rachel, real quick, drop the knowledge on the folks. What do you mean when you say go under? Go under screen. So if Sue I'm Bird. guarding Sue Bird and a screen is, is set on me, you can't like, okay, yeah. so like if I'm guarding Sue Bird, the screen is set on me. I can't go under. So like I can't go like drop underneath that screen. I've got to like get over top right. or we've got to have a different game plan of that because Sue Bird is going to, I mean, she's got range. She was shooting it from like, 
basically damn near half court last night, especially in the fourth quarter. So you've got to either work your way over top. Um, someone's got to contest. I mean, you've got to find a way to contest that shot or she's not getting those shots off. So um, there were a couple break, couple of those breakdowns where that can't happen. You know, that, that just, it, you can't have that happen against, especially against someone with the likes of Sue Bird in that environment in the game five. So she took advantage she was, of it. She was red. Yeah, she up. was. I mean, and you, you saw it um, with the face mask yep. and, um, you know, yet the, the, what was the scuffle where, you know, almost a questionable moment where she could have arguably been teed up. Um, and, and I'm, yeah, that's a, that's a different take there, you know, where people could argue it and it's, I, I tweeted about it, but it wasn't necessarily like, oh, she should have gotten teed up. But if that's any other player in any other situation in any other game, I think that is a technical, but I think it shows a great amount of respect for her. And honestly, I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, but Sue Bird went off um, and, and it was, they were just better. They were better than Phoenix in that fourth quarter and they ran away with it. But I mean, gosh, I mean, that, that, that series came down to, you know, a 10 minute fourth quarter that, that made the difference. Pat, answer yep. me this. Our, our boy Nick, Nick L, as I call him, on the video, uh, posted an, an important question, I think, um, about that incident Rachel just brought up. And my question for you is, we talked about this in the earlier matchup, Atlanta versus Washington. How yeah. do you see uh, alternative universe? How mm-hmm. do you see this game ending uh, similarly or different if that if that T happens, if they tee up uh, Sue Bird there? Well, if they tee up Sue Bird, then maybe, yeah, that brings that maybe, just maybe, puts a little bit of a stopgap to the momentum that Seattle had. I do had. think it could have changed but the outcome. I really, I really it do. It could have. It, it could have. I, I just think that, you know, I look at it as like, I think it could have. I mean, for sure. And I think that Sue Bird, it's like you guys talked about, Sue Bird does not have the reputation of being a, you know, a hothead. You know what I mean? Obviously, this is Tarazi. It's a little bit of a different ballgame. You know, it's, it's a lot of it's bias. It's, you know, the refs by an understanding, you know, it's, you know, it's, they're going to go with their preconceived notions and judgments of who these players are, you know, in what they are naturally. Um, But I think that like, just what Seattle did in that fourth quarter last night was just, I think outside of that call, like outside of that technical foul, and like, yeah, it could have changed the temp, but I just think of what Seattle did and they just, they were not missing in that fourth quarter. I mean, it was an onslaught. I mean, it was like they had been cooped up. They couldn't figure out, and it was like all. It was like you know they're constantly trying to you know my my example of it. It's like it's like almost like if you guys have seen Christmas Vacation, and you know how they're always plugging the lights in, and he's trying to get the lights in, and it can't come on, and then finally they get the switch, and bang! It, it's it's like all of it came on all at once last night, and that was like and yeah. I, I gotta give it. I gotta give you that one, Pat. That was great. That, that's what it was. I mean, it was like all of a sudden it all came out at once. I mean, Stewie had been playing well, but it was only her. I mean, that was it. But then Sue Bird came around. And then like Sammy Whitcomb, I mean, hello. I mean, who's like nice of you to join us, you know? Like, I mean, so Seattle though just had this. I mean, they scored 35 points in a quarter. I mean, that's insane to score 35 in a quarter. I mean, in the WNBA, that's not not normal. That's a lot. So they just had an offensive explosion. And just what happens, Phoenix got worn down. Phoenix was just holding up the fort and, you know, they didn't get great. I wrote about this today, you know, Tarazi was good. She wasn't great. Bonner was good, but she was not great. Um, and that was really the first time Bonner's been off really in this series. And Tarazi this just, whole year. this whole, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, and Tarazi was kind of not herself the last three games. I mean, she's good. She was good. I'm not saying she was bad, but 
she wasn't Diana Taurasi and stuff, but um, you know, it was just Seattle, just everything all of a sudden clicked in that fourth quarter. It was like all of a sudden the light bulb went on and it just, they were like, and that's why they finished with the best record in the league we saw in that fourth quarter and why they just, what they can do to teams where they can just get out and run and they can just run you off the floor within, you know, they can flip the switch in that game within three minutes. I, let me just read something real quick. 32 feet, 29 feet, 28 feet, 28 feet, and then and then immediately 21. Like, it, it, Sue Bird was just in beast mode, and the only person I can compare it to is Diana Taurasi. Yeah. Like, well, do, you think that, do you think there was a moment where Taurasi kind of was like, huh, so this is what it's like to be on the other side? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's fitting that – that's what I said today. I think it's fitting that Sue Bird, her UConn teammate, her one of her best friends, is the one who hands her the first ever winner-take-all elimination game loss in Tarazi's career. It's only fitting that it's got to be the elder statesman – elder stateswoman, I should say, and that it's Bird who gets it done. And it's just – you know, she was – she was incredible. I mean, she was – I mean, that was some of the best basketball I think we've seen – anyone has seen Sue Bird play. I mean, she's still amazing. But, like, that's that's like – that brings you back to two, 2010 when they last won what she did in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And I mean, have, have, you, have, you, have you heard, like, the, the conspiracy theorists of, like, Lauren Jackson, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd – uh, and 2010, there is something with with the years also, but but there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there who are saying that uh, that Seattle's already had this in the book. Something that I want to bring up: we were talking about uh, Atkins earlier. Rachel, I know you were hyped a little bit more on Jordan Canada than on uh, the the highest ranked or the highest drafted point guard of the year. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell, talk to me about Jordan Canada's play this series. You know, I I think Canada actually had really really good moments. You know, I, I think you know was it anything f- super flashy or anything incredibly um, spectacular at times? No, not necessarily. But she made big shots when 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 she needed to, um, and and she shot the ball very well. You know, I mean, just just looking at her numbers just from the playoffs um, these last five games. I mean, I think she was averaging probably somewhere around, you know, eight points, seven and a half, eight points. Um, and like I said, she was consistent. She was steady. Um, she came in and gave, you know, some really good minutes. Um, she got the ball where it needed to go. She took care of the basketball. I think there was, you know, may- maybe one game, uh, maybe, maybe I think it was maybe game four, where she turned it over just a couple, a couple too many two times in that loss against Phoenix. But um, I'm, I'm impressed with Canada. I'm a really big fan of hers. And, and I think she did show a lot of poise at some of those moments. Um, you know, it was game three, she comes up big with 11 points. Um, you know, now that was a loss, but at the same time, those are valuable minutes, <laughs> you know, in, in a, in a, in a really tight, intense series like that. Um, so I, I do, I think she, she logged some really good minutes and now not necessarily last night. Um, she didn't get to play a whole lot last night, which, you know, that, that's a game <laughs> that, you know, that, that's a coach's decision when, you know, you, you, that's a big girl game. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to say that is not a knock on Canada, but that's a game where, you know, you, you got to have Bird in there. You got to have Tarazi in there. And it's just going to be going to be an absolute 
slugfest from from start to the end and, and when when bird was doing what she was doing um yeah she, she <laughs> you know that canada's gotta just you know just kind of take the minutes that she gets but I, I you know back to what you're talking about i think she i think she had a really good series a really consistent series at times showed really great flashes and and i'm a big i'm a big jordan canada fan i really am she's gonna be great for that franchise she's just, she's way in the wings yeah I, I mean, I I see her, and maybe this is a, a I don't know. Take it how you take it. I, I see a lot of Renee Montgomery in her. The way that that she'll kind of up the tempo on her own and change the pace of her game on her own. The way she can hit a three. The way that you know a younger Renee Montgomery is just constant in your face defense. Uh, and and passing like just a I'll, I'll say it a complete point guard. Uh, obviously she's young. She's got some work to do, but. Well, I, I was really impressed. Let, let me, Talk let me, to me add though. one more part about Canada. The yeah. thing I love about her is she's fearless. You know, she plays with one of the biggest motors you've ever seen. And she's getting th- th- these valuable minutes and this valuable experience of being in this atmosphere on that stage. And this is the, that is what, what, what she got to experience even for eight minutes last night was the highest level of competition she's ever been a part of, you know, so um, she's fearless. I think she shows a ton of toughness and grit. Um, and that's what I love about her. She's, She's a spark and, and she, you know, she's at five, six, she's not, she's not going to back down to anybody. Um, and we've seen that just through her college years and into just what she's been able to do this year, playing her role extremely well and being very consistent with it. Sorry. I just want to add that. No, no, great stuff. And, and, you know, talking about that actually, for some reason, it made me think of Monique Billings and, uh, just something I did want to bring up. We, I know we don't have time to get into this. But we'll do this when we when we do our Atlanta podcast. Um, but I'm a little disappointed in the amount of uh, time that uh, Elizabeth Williams got, and that they didn't bring in Willi- uh, Monique Billings. I thought that could have been a, a game changer, and and she, I don't know, however you want to put. It. But uh, really, what I wanted to ask Pat was talk to me about Yvonne Turner. I mean, yeah, she really stepped it up in the second half of that series. Yeah, she was inspiring. I mean, it was like inspiring what she did. I mean, what she did in Game Three with that performance, stepping up with it was what was it, sixteen points she had, um, team high assists and steals in that game, and then last night, I mean, nineteen points. Um, you know, it, she was outstanding for Phoenix. Um, really just, you know, really wasn't, as I said, an inspiring performance to see her step up when they needed her to step up. So they need someone because if you don't have her step up, then Phoenix probably loses by even more. Um, and they probably, and, and that was part of the reason why they got that blowout victory uh, on um, in game three was because of her. So she was a really a bright spot because as we've said, and that's the thing with Phoenix going into this offseason is the consistency of you know they're very dependent they have probably the best arguably the best trio of stars in the league but after that there's a huge drop off and yes Sancho Little coming back and not being injured will be key and you know have Stephanie Talbot coming back not being injured that will help as well and that could have made the difference against Seattle but to they are really really fit on that bench and they have a lot of players who they can't depend on who really barely saw the floor if ever saw the floor in the playoffs especially in this series against Seattle they just they just couldn't be played they were unplayable and I think that you look at Seattle they were able to comfortably play like a nine-person rotation in game five I mean comfortably able to rotate people in and out whether they you know use like you were talking about with Jordan Cannon got eight minutes or you got you know Sammy Whitcomb picking up 21 minutes so they have they had the bench they had the supporting cast to help out their stars 
Phoenix did it this year, and I expect that Phoenix, yes, they have some pieces that were injured who will come back and help. But I do think, though, that they may want to go out and add a piece or two who they can, again, swap out a piece who you know they know they can depend on, can come off the bench, and they can bring in in a game you know in the playoffs where they're not having to just be forced to play only seven players in a in a in an elimination game on the road. Yeah, I mean, looking at the roster, I see one. I mean, two two players who, in all honesty. Uh, probably won't be on the roster next year. Um, I'll, I'll let, leave that up to your imagination. The thing, the thing that's interesting to me, and I want Rachel's take on this, is the Mercury were kind of, you know, Link's already lost, Spark's already lost. Uh, the Mercury were, in some ways, kind of the, the last of the old guard. Um, seeing how they performed and how close they were to making it to the finals, uh, I mean, Rachel, do you think that, you know, this was kind of the last we've seen of, one of those three teams seriously competing for a championship uh, year in and year out, or do you think we got a little oh, bit more I time? I think we got. That? I think we have some more time with with Phoenix. Um, and I'm going to state the obvious: Diana Taurasi, who's still playing some of the best basketball her career, and um, Dewana Bonner. You know, she's she's got so much in her, and just what she can do. Brittany Griner, same thing. Um, Brian January. So I do think there's more time. I think you could potentially add some pieces to the puzzle, maybe mix a few things up this off season. I'll be interested to see the types of moves that happen, but as long as Diana Tarazi is playing basketball, they're always going to have a shot. Let's, let's just hope she doesn't have like a, a Kobe <laughs> season um, to close out. And that's coming from someone who just knows that he had a horrible last season. This has been the WNBA Insider Show recapping the semifinal series where the Washington Mystics and the Seattle Storm moving on to the WNBA Finals. We'll be previewing that in our next episode, so make sure to tune in.